Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio is sponsored in part by TripInsurance.com, making it easy to buy travel insurance at the best available price. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. Coming up on this week's show, a review of Carnival Horizon. Also, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News, and I'm a bit under the weather, so we'll get right to Sherry. Hey, Sherry. Hi, Doug. So, Carnival Mardi Gras is one step closer to the U.S., and just received a very key feature. Yeah, so over at the shipyard in Finland, Carnival's iconic funnel was added to the top of the new Carnival Mardi Gras. The ship is expected to be ready for passengers in Port Canaveral in November later this year. So some features to look forward to on this 5,200-passenger ship are this new roller coaster, a new seafood restaurant, and the fact that it will be fueled by liquefied natural gas, or LNG. It's a big deal. Yeah, very excited for Carnival Mardi Gras to come to Port Canaveral in November of this year. Looking forward to that. You're from um, the Chicago area, so you might like this next story. One cruise line is moving into the Great Lakes region. Yeah, I I was really excited to find out uh, this is going to happen. You know, years ago, cruise ships went over all around the Great Lakes, just big circles, and, and then that stopped, and then a couple of smaller ships have, you know, ventured into this territory, but Viking Cruises will soon be sailing the Great Lakes, which is really amazing news. Their newly announced Expedition Cruises will have one of the two new ships heading to the Great Lakes in 2022. So for a little background, Viking is building two new Expedition ships, Viking Octantis and Viking Polaris, the first launching in January of 2022 and the Polaris in August of 2022. The 378-passenger all-adult ship will have 189 staterooms and four restaurants. But getting back to the Great Lakes, after its first season in Antarctica, Viking Octantis will reposition to the Great Lakes. And if you're wondering where the ship will go, so there are four seven-night Great Lakes itineraries planned, and they'll go between Thunder Bay, Ontario, which is way up in the north, and Milwaukee, Wisconsin. There's also a 12-night St. Lawrence River cruise between New York and Toronto, and that's an amazing itinerary in itself. It's like, it's it's an enormous river, and anyway, I'll get back to what I'm talking about. Some other ports will include Mackinac Island, Niagara Falls, and then in Michigan, it will go to Detroit, Traverse City, and Houghton. Duluth, Minnesota is also included, and this is, like I said, Vikings' first venture into North America cruising. Um, and we talked a couple years ago, at least, about their plans back then to do Mississippi River cruises. And that still hasn't been confirmed, although, you know, small towns like Hannibal, Missouri, um, and a couple others have already started dock expansion. Um, so, you know, things are being inked slowly but surely. 
but it's definite now about the Great Lakes cruises. Celebrity Apex named her godmother. Yeah, Celebrity Cruises announced that the godmother of her celebrity Apex will be Reshma Sajani, and she's founder and CEO of the organization called Girls Who Code. She's also the author of the self-help book Brave Not Perfect, which is based on her TED Talks. The inaugural will take place in Southampton on March 30th, um, just a couple of months from now. And this is part of Celebrity's initiative with his Edge Class Ships to choose godmothers that are leading the way to improve the lives of others. Godmother for Celebrity Edge, if you remember, a couple of years ago was Nobel Peace Prize winner Malala. And she, of course, is an advocate for girls' education. Reshma Sojani was also the first Indian-American woman to run for U.S. Congress back in 2010. Celebrity, in collaboration with the Girls Who Code organization, will offer educational coding classes included in their campus C STEM enrichment aboard Celebrity Apex and The Edge. Celebrity Apex passenger cruises will begin in April with five Northern Europe itineraries, and after a summer and fall in the Med, Celebrity Apex will reposition at Fort Lauderdale in November for a season of seven-night Caribbean cruises. We briefly touched on the fires in Australia last week, and it looks like Princess Cruises has returned to one of the hot spots, if you will, Kangaroo Island. Yep, so last weekend, Sun Princess became the first ship to visit Kangaroo Island following the disastrous bushfires. Princess Cruises called the visit a show of support for the local community as it begins to recover from the impact of the recent bushfire disaster. Princess Cruises Senior Vice President Asia Pacific, Stuart Allison, was joined by the South Australian Premier, Kangaroo Island firefighters, and community leaders. Sun Princess anchored offshore at Penishaw while guests tendered ashore and departed on their excursions. Most of the guests on board were Australian, and they donated funds for bushfire relief to the South Australian government bushfire appeal. And this is really interesting. Princess Cruises has donated the revenue from the Kangaroo Island Shore excursions to the bushfire appeal fund. The visit to Kangaroo Island is part of some princesses 13 night cruise from the ship's current home port at Fremantle. It still kills me how many animals were killed in that fire. Oh, it's just a billion. I can't even yeah. fathom a billion. So and sad. then you see the ones that are being cared for. It's mm-hmm. just amazing. And last but not least, if you're retiring in 2022, this cruise might be for you. Yeah. Or if you just have a ton of free time, Oceana Cruises has just announced their ultimate cruise, which will set sail in 2022. Boy, lots happening in 22. The epic journey begins in Los Angeles on January 6th. And from there, the Oceana Insignia crosses the Pacific Ocean to the Hawaiian Islands, then on to French Polynesia and Fiji. So just to give you a quick rundown, the insignia continues to New Zealand, Bali, Hong Kong, Shanghai, and Yangon. Heading over to Africa, guests will have the chance to visit African game reserves, cruise along Africa's west coast, go through the Suez Canal, and on to Europe, eventually reaching Amsterdam. Then the ship will cross the Atlantic, and the voyage will end on July 5th, 2022, in New York City. Um, Little background, Insignia was recently refurbished in 2018. It'll hold up to 684 guests and 400 cruise members. So in a nutshell, the ship will visit six continents, 
44 countries, 43 islands, and 91 ports. There will be 19 overnight stays, four oceans, 19 seas, and the ship will cross the equator twice. And if you're just slightly curious how much this will cost, inside staterooms start at $39,798 per guest. The starting price for an owner's suite is $145,799. I don't think this includes port charges and taxes. Don't forget gratuities. They can run from $16 to $23 per person per day. But I guess if you have to count pennies for gratuities, this just isn't the cruise for you. Wow. Listener question here comes from Scott in Ohio. Email your questions to Doug at cruiseradio.net. What is the best place to watch ships leave from Port Canaveral? We want to watch some ships leave after our cruise on Royal Caribbean. Oh, okay. Well, this was my backyard up until a few months ago. So um, my favorite places uh, along the water would be the restaurants, which would be Fish Lips, Grills, and Rusties. And they're busy and they're bustling, as you well know, Doug. You know, we've been there a few times. Um, but my favorite place is a little, it's a little yellow building. It's called Seafood Atlantic. They're primarily known for selling fish, but they also have several tables now under a canopy right on the water's edge. It's less crowded, it's better food, and you can talk to the people you're with while you're there. But if you really... Um, are a little bit more adventurous and you want to do my absolute favorite um, lookup point would be to, and you have to have a car for this, um, would be to go out to Jetty Park. Now, um, Scott, you might be able to get a taxi or an Uber to get you out there. The problem is you have to go through a park entrance. I think it costs $7 unless you have a sticker. But if you, if, if you do go out there, drive through the park to the end, park your car, and then you can walk out onto the pier, and this extends several hundred feet over the ocean. Um, it is absolutely spectacular to be out there, to watch the ships. I mean, you can see them as they make their procession from the channel way back by the restaurants, and they just slowly inch up along until they're right next to you as you're um, standing out over the water. And then you can look back, too, and see um, Cape Canaveral, the city of Cape Canaveral, and all the beaches on all the way down to Cocoa Beach. So I highly recommend getting out to Jetty Park. But if not, any of those three or four restaurants will give you a perfect view. And it's kind of fun to be in the busy restaurants, too, because everybody cheers and people crowd to see the ships go by and everyone's got their cameras. So either way, you, it's a great time. So after you leave your Royal Caribbean cruise, um, you will have some time to kill because the first ships, I think, might not leave until 3.30 or 4. But maybe you're staying nearby, um, in which case you can make your way back to the port. But have fun. Very good. I've been talking with Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Thank you, Sherry. Bye, Doug. Talk to you next week. Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at CruiseRadio.net. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide like Rome, 
Vatican City, St. Petersburg, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting cruisingexcursions.com. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer, if you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News skill so you can get daily updates anytime. Straight from Cruise Radio. Tim just returned from a six-night cruise aboard Carnival Horizon out of Port Miami. It went to Ocho Rios, Grand Cayman, and Cozumel. Tim joins us on the line. Hey, Tim. Hello, Doug. You're up in chilly Fargo, North Dakota, so no wonder why you took a cruise out of Miami, but give me some pre-cruise thoughts. Ah, pre-cruise thoughts. Well, I always say, of course, it is to get out of this cold area here, although we go in the summertime, so we leave our our nice 80, 90 degree weather here and then go (laughs) somewhere warm. I got to flip this and go in the wintertime sometime, but... Uh, pre-cruise thoughts. We were excited about Horizon when I looked at this ship, new ship. It's only it was only going to be like 490 days old when we got on it. That was a big selling point. And then the ports were all places we had never been before. I like that you know that it was 490 days old. It's <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> Wow. Okay. So you made. I think your... it was 493. Actually, but okay. I can't remember. I think it was 493. But <laughs> yeah, close, close enough. Did you do any pre-cruise time in Miami? Um, we always fly in a day early, but, um, by the time we get in, you know, it's kind of like around supper time. So we just kind of got a, uh, something to eat near our hotel and kind of hung out at our hotel the rest of the night. Where did you stay? If you don't mind me asking. We stayed at the embassy suites airport. Oh, I love that hotel. Wasn't the only thing that we, uh, there is a restaurant on site, but we were kind of just looking for something else. And there was a food truck nearby called, um, bite world or something like that. That was seriously one of the best burgers I've ever had. Yeah, the food can get kind of pricey at Embassy Suites, too, at their steakhouse in there. But the uh, what I like about Embassy is this is totally not cruise-related, but they have that free breakfast, and they yes. also have that manager's reception in the evening. So, like, open bar from 5 to 7. Yes, both those things are good. And what stinks about that breakfast, though, I love it, but I try not to eat too much because I've got to wait till yeah. I get on that ship. <laughs> get that first guy's burger. <laughs> But they have all that bacon and everything. It's, yeah. yeah, it's it's tough not to just get up full before you even leave for the ship. So. so you make your way to Port Miami. How was embarkation for Horizon? It was awesome. We did faster to the fun. And from curb, we you know checked in our suitcases. And from curb to our cabin was just under 30 minutes. Okay, yeah, not bad. And then, of course, faster to the fun, it was uh, your cabin was ready when you embarked. What time did you embark about? Um, I think we were on at 11.30, and we weren't actually supposed to go down to our cabin, but we did. <laughs> <laughs> so we just kind of opened the doors and went down. We didn't realize we weren't supposed to, but uh, our cabin was already ready, even though we were down there early. 
And our room attendant saw us down the hall and yelled our names. And I don't know if he had a cheat sheet or what, but he already knew our names. Wow, that's cool. Uh, did you think Faster to the Fun was worth it? I think so, yeah. Especially when you got the tenders, too. I think that kind of helped out with uh, getting off the ship right away. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because you were in Grand Cayman on this one, which is obviously a tender port. So uh, you get on board Carnival Horizon. What were your first impressions? Nice ship, of course, new. So everything just looked clean, bright, and everything. And uh, you walk in there, and that LED funnel-looking thing, I'm not even sure what you call it, uh, was so cool-looking. Um, I can't remember what was on it the first day when we walked in, but just very cool the way that is lit up in when you walk in there. Um, the one thing I kind of like is a bigger atrium. Mm-hmm. So this one's got a little shorter atrium, which I'm sure they want to use that space above and everything. So I kind of like a bigger atrium, but I think that LED screen kind of helps make up for that because it makes it seem super tall and, and big and bright in there. Yeah, because like you have sailed on what? Carnival Sunshine and Carnival Liberty, right? Yeah. Yeah, so both of those, of course, have the floor to skylight atrium, whereas Carnival Horizon has just a three-story atrium. So I can see what you're saying there. You make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you book and what did you think of it? Uh, inside cabin, pretty typical inside cabin. Um, I did feel like, I, I can't remember if it was sunshine. No, sunshine. We had an out, outer one Liberty. We had another interior. Um, we had three closets on Liberty. This one only had two. So a little less storage space that way. But other than that, you're pretty typical inside cabin and it did have a fridge in there too. So that was a nice bonus. Did you find that because there was one less closet, it made it a little tighter in there to unpack? Or did you find other drawers and spaces uh, in the room to make up for that? Uh, First, I think we must be super light packers compared to most people because we don't have as much stuff. So it's fine for us. Um, But if you are somebody who brings quite a bit stuff, yeah, you're going to have a little more trouble. We had enough drawers and stuff, but... Yeah, if you're one of these people who has like three suitcases a piece or something, you're gonna you're gonna have a tough time. We, in fact, we could not get. We actually only bring one super big one and then a couple carry-ons and stuff, and we couldn't even get the two main suitcases in the in the one closet. What deck were you on? Two. All right, so let's talk about dining, and we'll start in the main dining room. What time dining did you have? Anytime. And how was that for you? That worked out fine, you know, because we just kind of would go when we wanted to. We only hit the dining room once. Um, and the whole dining room experience, of course, is is good. My wife had a chicken. I had the flat iron steak. But it's the, the waiters and stuff that make that whole experience so much fun. Um, they uh, were entertaining us and and talking and Eduardo, our waiter, he's been with Carnival 21 years and this was his last contract with them. And we just got to talking about his family and his plans and, and what he's going to do after, you know, doing all this cruising. And we had kids at a table next to us. He's doing magic and it was just fun. It was just a great experience. I just loved the main dining room. How was the anytime dining? Like, was it like what time did y'all did y'all normally go the same time every night? Because I know that whole pager system can be a mess sometimes. We didn't get a pager, and we only did the main dining room once. 
And it was just a little complicated when we went to the one dining. They told us to go to the one dining room and then that wasn't the right one. We went to the next one and then they said, no, you should be back at the other one. And then I'll, we said, well, they sent us up here and they said, oh, wait, that's right. And they got us a table. So I don't know. There was some confusion there. But uh, other than that, yeah, we were seated right away. And like I said, it was just a great time in there. You said you only went to the main dining room once. Are y'all more buffet people or did you do specialty dining as well? We didn't do any specialty, but we do. Buffet is okay. You know, Carnival's buffet seems to be pretty repetitive and everything. So you only get so much of that. Um, But we do a lot of the pizza and pig and anchor. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And guys burgers. Those two were were my jam on this ship. I couldn't get enough of those two and the and the blue iguana too i mean those are actually the three places that i was hitting all the time yeah i mean if you're used to eating dinner earlier if you time it right you could really do a guy they're open to like 6 p.m so you could really do guys for dinner if you wanted to the burger joint yeah we kind of would do that sometimes and then pizza later and stuff and usually you know we would eat so much and we would do some of the specialty dining when it was free Mm -hmm. so we did hit the el capitano can't remember what else we hit but we'd hit those for lunch and then you know you're just already so full that yeah you don't need much to get through the rest of the day really so during the daytime the captain's pasta bar at cucina del capitano is complimentary and so is the i guess it's like the wok or noodle bar at Gigi asian kitchen so did you do both of those um, no, we didn't do GG this time, but we did okay. that on the other ship, and that is good, too. Yeah, we, we uh, enjoy both those places. What do you think about Carnival's Pizza? It's pizza. <laughs> Not a fan? or It's, it's all right. It, I've had worse. I've had better. Pizza yeah. is always good. Um, but, yeah, we, I mean, we eat plenty of it, that's for sure. Yeah. So let's talk about the entertainment on this six-night cruise. What were your thoughts? Entertainment, the, the big production shows seem to be – Okay, they're they're always the pre-tracked stuff and everything, so yeah, um, they're okay. We go just for the entertainment, I guess. Um, but we enjoy the com- the comedians more. They have some really really good comedians on this particular ship. Uh, the Love and Marriage show we like, and we also went to the Thrill Theater, where it's like six senses that they get you. You go and you watch this thing of uh, a- a robots fighting and you're being hit with water and air and your seat moves and everything else. And it's just kind of a cool experience. They debuted this uh, thrill theater on Carnival Breeze back in 2012. And that's the last time I actually have done it. Do you really get into it? Like, do you feel like you're part of the projection, the movie that's showing? I wish I could remember the name of the one movie because it was an actual movie of the robots fighting uh, Pacific Rim. Okay. Uh, they actually had like uh, I don't know if it was specifically made for this or if it was an actual scene from the movie. I can't recall. But uh, that one was actually pretty good. Some of the other ones were a little cheesier because uh, they showed four different segments, each one being like seven minutes long or something like that. And um, yeah, that was the one that I enjoyed. It seemed more realistic. You could kind of get into it. And the other ones were a little cheesier, but it was still kind of fun to get shook around a little bit. Yeah. How was the music around the ship outside of the main theater? It's okay. Kind of like Liberty 2. It's a lot of um, thumping music, which I don't mind. I mean, I I listen to a lot of that too. But when we're on the ship, I kind of like a little bit more variety um, there was a band I went and saw several times that made many different things. They did 80s and some disco stuff. So I'd go watch them a few times. But overall, it still was a lot of just kind of your DJing 
uh, whether you were in the atrium or out by the pool. I don't care what anyone says. You can't go wrong with 70s and 80s rock. Oh, God, no. Yeah. <laughs> Stones, Aerosmith. Yeah, and they were they were really, really good band, too. They were really awesome to watch. And, and I love watching a live band and musicians play, so... I really had a good time with them. So, Tim, I have to ask you, because Horizon is the first ship with the smart elevators. What were your thoughts of them? Um, even the crew called them dumb elevators. <laughs> <laughs> they, um, To me, they were a little annoying. In fact, to most of the people that we talked to, they, they found them pretty annoying. Uh, you, If you don't know how to use them, you on the outside of the elevator, you pick which floor you are going to, and it will tell you which car to go to. You go stand in front of it and wait until it comes and then you get on and it'll take you to your floor but it doesn't act like express elevator either it still makes other stops and everything but it seemed that you could stand there and see three four other elevators open up and people go and everything before you would ever leave it it just seemed like it would take forever um, we got to the point we were taking stairway uh, for eight flights of stairs just be- to avoid those things. That's healthier anyway. It is true. <laughs> <laughs> I, it still gained weight, but yes. But yeah, no, there was a lot of people seemed to be frustrated with them. And, and the learning curve just at the beginning anyway, that, that didn't help either. would ask you how to even work them, you know. Well, that you know, the thing with that, too, is that the you push the button and it assigns you a bay to go to, but people don't pay attention to that, and they just go into the next available elevator, and then they think they're going to get in there and push a button, and oh, there's no buttons in here. That happened many times, and then I had one guy playing out tell me, he said, I just get in whatever one, and I just hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that's all you can do. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about the sea days now on Horizon. What were your impressions? I thought they were actually pretty good. You never really felt crowded. Um, we did when we were in Sunshine. That got a little crowded on the Serenity deck and stuff. And I think one thing that really helped is I noticed they actually were watching for chair hogs and they were removing towels and stuff from chairs. So that was kind of nice. And that allowed us to actually get a really nice spot by the pool uh, once they took out some people's towels. So. How was the smoke situation in and around the casino? Uh, you know, that is a little heavy because well, the main walkway goes right through, right next to the center bar. So they're allowed to smoke right at that bar. So it is kind of heavy as you walk right through the casino. I'm trying to think on that ship, if you want to go to the Punchliner Comedy Club and you're in the atrium, you have to walk through the casino, right? Pretty much, I believe yeah. so, yes. Okay, because there's also the sports bar on the same walkway. Yeah, it is. Okay, so what ports of call did you hit on this six-night cruise? And uh, give us a highlight from each one. Ocho Rios. We went to Ocho Rios. We did um, resort for a day uh, through, did, through the website resort for a day. We went to uh, Jewel... Uh, River, if I remember right, what that was called, uh, a resort, and just spent our day there eating and drinking and uh, enjoying the water and the beach and everything. That was a good time. And it just so happened, we did not plan this, that it was Jamaica's Independence Day. Cool. So they had lots of neat stuff going on, including a parade right through the resort and everything. So that was just a really good, fun time there. Grand Cayman. We just kind of found our way around the island. We we grabbed the cab, and we had never ventured off by ourselves like that before. But uh, we just went, and we uh, found a beach and kind of hung out there for the day and then came back and hit some stores and things like that. 
and Cozumel, we uh, did a little shopping, and then we went on the Atlantis sub and dove down 103 feet and uh, checked out the underwater sites and a sunken ship, and, and that was one of the highlights of the whole cruise. I was talking to someone a couple of interviews ago who did the submarine in Cozumel, and I was curious, like to you, you go down 103 feet, did it feel claustrophobic in there at all? Uh, no, and we got lucky because for whatever reason, we uh, we met, you know, where you're supposed to when you get off the ship with our group. We got on a boat and we went over to another port area to pick up more people mm-hmm. and they weren't there. So they left. And so there was actually only seven of us in the sub. Nice. And so, yeah, we had the whole thing kind of to ourselves. They kept telling us we were on the VIP cruise. <laughs> so... Yeah, not claustrophobic at all, and it is so cool. The It's amazing how clear that water is at 100 feet down. As they pointed out, they don't use light because the sunlight shines that far down, and you can see, I don't know how far, I felt like you can see for blocks, just way out there. So it, it was just really awesome. I, I, I've never scuba dived, so that's probably the closest I'm ever going to get. The whole thing fascinates me. Like When you get in there, do they give you a safety briefing like if the windows collapse or anything like that there is before we even get on yet they explain that there is air mass things and stuff there's a little you sit on a seat that looks towards the window in front of you Mm -hmm. uh, on the sides of the sub and then right below you there's like a little flap that would open i guess and it has an air mask and different things in there and stuff so um the but as they say the they only dive 100 feet and the thing's like rated to go down like a couple thousand feet. So you're pretty safe. I'm getting anxiety just hearing you talk about it because I get so claustrophobic so easy. Like I have to sit on the aisle on the airplane. If they put me in a middle seat, I'm not flying. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised that my wife uh, when that did it too because it can be, you know, you you think about it. You have no way out until they tell you to get out. Yeah. So <laughs> You got that right. Back to the ship for a moment here. Did you spend any time in Serenity? Yeah, we love the Serenity deck. Um, and so it wasn't as bad as uh, for busyness as Sunshine was. So we, whenever we wanted to get up there, it seemed like we could get ourselves one of those nice clams mm-hmm. and stuff. And so we would just lay out there in the hot tubs up there. We used them plenty. So you make your way back to Port Miami. How was disembarkation? Um, it wasn't too bad. It took a little longer than we've had before where we had to uh, go down and sit in the liquid lounge and wait a little bit. But uh, we do the self-assist and, and got off. We grabbed the cab right out there and we're off to the airport. Did you do a taxi, cruise line, shuttle or a ride share? Uh, we did a cab okay. and that, that worked out okay. Um, the only thing that got me was I looked up at his dashboard and every single warning light was on. So <laughs> I just said, I hope we make it. But it went fine. And it, I think it was $27 from the port to the airport. Just curious. Is it just a matter of preference while you pick yellow cab over like ride sharing? We've never done an Uber. Okay, um, fair enough. Yeah, and here in in Fargo, we just have our cars. And Far- you can be in one end of the city, the other in 20 minutes. So I've never yeah. used one in any other city. So it is something that um, I would like to try someday uh, when we visit another city. But um seemed easier. I don't know if it would be cheaper or not. It's it, about the same. If you pay $27, it's about the same um, for an okay. Uber. Yeah, not just a little, little cleaner than a city cab sometimes. Sure. (laughs) Let's see. Any first time tips to offer anyone sailing Carnival Horizon? Go to the seminars sometimes, uh, especially the uh, one 
for excursions. Last two cruises, we won stuff at them. The last one was just a bottle of wine and stuff. But this one, I won a swim with the dolphins excursion, which I really wanted to do. But it was at the exact same time as our sub. So we had to go and exchange in the that and they just gave us a little uh, cash back cash value on it not a full cash value but a, a a partial so we didn't get to do that and my wife wanted to build a bear so there's prizes there i think going to those seminars can be a little helpful and rewarding if you <laughs> if you win because not that many people go to them so your chances of winning a prize are pretty good um another thing for first-time cruises uh this wasn't our own experience but we always get travel insurance and my wife's sister and her husband went to Jamaica right after we were there to go to a resort playing beach volleyball. He snapped his ACL. And if it wasn't for trip insurance, their trip to the Jamaican hospital and all the other things that happened after that, it was the last day of their trip, thankfully, but you know, the flight, they needed wheelchair. They needed to change seats on the plane because he couldn't bend his leg back anymore. And uh, there was just so much with that. But trip insurance is helping take care of that. Some of that expense that they occurred because of that. So I always get trip insurance. Tim, you were mentioning that you went through resortforaday.com, which is a very good website, but a little hack. If you want to know what day passes are available in what ports of call, you can go to resort for a day. And normally, if you book through the resort itself and cut out resort for a day, you save about 5 to $10 per person. Ooh. Yeah, not on every single port, but or like I know um, Bahamas Breezes in Cable Beach, it's an all-inclusive. It's on resort for a day for like 105 and I think you can buy it from the resort itself on their website for 99 Okay. So, yeah, it's a good starting point. I always use it for that. And then if it's about the same price, I'll just use resort for a day. Otherwise, I'll probably go and book it directly through the resort. But just a little tip there. Uh, looking back, what was the biggest highlight of this cruise for you? I have to say that sub ride was one of the biggest and neatest things that we've experienced on practically any cruise. And then Cozumel, that was our first time there. That was just a fun port. We just had a lot of fun just walking around there and everything. And I don't know why we just really enjoyed that port. So those were a couple of big highlights. And that and guys, that pig and anchor was <laughs> was a big part for me too, because we don't have a lot of barbecue up here. So to get that good barbecue and everything was just oh yeah. Now, now I'm hungry again. <laughs> Final thoughts of Carnival Horizon. Um, nice new ship that LED. It's beautiful, and they have one in the casino, too. It's not as big, uh, but they change the designs on those things. you got to keep checking those out. My wife got this one beautiful picture when it was purple, and I don't know what it did. She didn't change the picture at all, but the whole area looks purple. I don't know. The walls are white, and it bounced off there or something. Just can be very beautiful. The outdoor seating, I think, on Deck 5 there, where you can go outside at Pig and & Anchor and the bonsai and and all the places and sit outside i just think that is a cool thing um because they did that though there's not as many windows inside when you're walking around as some of the other ships but that is such a kind of a cool area you can pretty much walk around the entire ship on that deck there with all those restaurants and there's a lot of more seating out there that a lot of times we were able to find some kind of secluded places to to sit and be by ourselves very cool. We've been talking with Tim about his six-night cruise on Carnival Horizon out of Port Miami over to the Western Caribbean. Tim, as always, great talking to you, my friend. 
Thank you. All right, Dougie. Let's see what we got here, buddy. Ba, 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 da, ba, da. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.